Well, hello there, terrible warriors. Welcome back. We are finally playing another game. It's been a while. Did you miss us? I certainly missed this. I hope my muscle memory kicks back in when we start rolling these dice. Today we are going to be playing a game I saw come across on my Twitter feed called Underhill by Water. And I'm going to explain a little bit more about this game. It's a little bit different and I'm hoping to be uh, quite a lot of fun. Uh, of course, I cannot play these games alone and I am not alone at this table. Surrounded by my wonderful, terrible warriors. Starting at my left, your right, we have uh, at the top of my screen here joining us uh, Joe Drummond. Welcome back. Hi, it's great to be back. Uh, sad it's virtual, but happy to be back nonetheless. You were with us for, um, what session zero did you last join us for? It was Morkborg, right? Morkborg. Morkborg, yeah. I, or, I think I pronounced that wrong. Merkborg <laughs> or something like that, but the uh, the Dark Fort. Yeah, there we go. Our, our, our heavy metal <laughs> yes. dungeon crawler. The Some of the people involved in that game, uh, the Kickstarter was happening right now at the time of our recording, and I'm, I'm backing it, called... Uh, dead in space and it is uh or death in space and it's uh kind of got the same energy as Merkborg, but spaceships and like industrial survival like think like the aesthetics of alien but without the aliens uh part just like the the, the nostromo and like all that kind of like industrial ship in space kind of gritty feeling to it so i'm looking forward to seeing how that my, game my out. little uh my little gothy heart is very excited about yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, I'm very much looking forward to to uh, bringing that game out when it's when it's available. Like it's only in Kickstarter now, so it probably won't be until next year when we get a chance to look at it. And of course, uh, coming back after talking with me behind the screen, uh, I am joined again by kind of my uh, shadow lately here on the Terrible Warriors. It's been wonderful to have. Welcome back, Sean Horbachuk. Thank you. It's welcome. It's good to be back. And uh, I know you and I are very excited. I just got a copy of the Dune RPG from Modiphius Entertainment, and we are going to be looking into that at the end of the month as our next one of our next session zeros. And when I told you about the Dune RPG, I believe you screamed like a yeah, little child. I, a little bit. <laughs> I've, had Dune, I've had the Dune theme song playing in my head on repeat pretty much since. So, so, so I'm, I'm very excited to, to, to break that out with you because as much as I, I know, I, I've, I've been learning a little bit more about Dune lately, and, uh, but my exposure is really just the, the old movie with Patrick Stewart, and uh, it, was, uh, it is a thing, but so I'll be coming towards that game as someone who knows the 2D20 system from our time playing Star Trek Adventures, but not necessarily the setting my understanding of the setting will just come from what i can glean from the actual rule book so it'll be really interesting to see uh our two sides come together there when we play that mm, i'm pretty excited to see how they managed to translate it into a paper pen and paper setting yeah 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 because it's much more a political almost courtroom or courtroom like court drama like royal drama than than anything um action oriented like yes there's wars and battles and and all that but it's 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 so much more about the policies yeah a, lo a lot of the focus <laughs> is on who is doing what to who without who knowing it's very <laughs> yeah kind of plays into the same kind of um challenges that would happen in something like a game of thrones rpg yeah. where you know how do, how do you make the rpg interesting without it also just being uh boring political nuances anyway We'll get to that. That's not the game we're playing today. And finally, at my table, uh, returning once again, uh, the, the crooner himself, Velvet Duke. 
Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm looking forward to this game because it's written right in the rules that you're allowed to sing as much as you want. <laughs> in fact, yes, it's, it's encouraged. And you can mechanically help the other players. So the game we are playing today is Underhill by Water by Josh McCrowell. It's available for like $9 on itch or pay what you can. Uh, not pay what you can. I think it's minimum $9 and then you can tip as high as you want. And uh, Josh McCrowell has made this game to be, uh, you play as a halflings in a village who don't want no adventure. Thank you very much. So you hear the stories of Bilbo and Frodo and all those maniacs who went off to do these great adventures and caused nothing but trouble and hardship for the families they left behind. We're playing respectable halflings who are staying in our village and looking after our own and our professions and our families. And we don't, we're not here to cause any scandals. It was described as Stardew Valley meets Lord of the Rings. This is a game where you are more likely to be about uh, chasing down an ornery goat who's escaped from their pen or gathering ingredients for a birthday feast or showing up uh, uh, and, and growing the biggest turnip for the harvest festival. Those are the things that uh, uh, keep your halfling awake at night. <laughs> not not anything not no 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 dark wizards or orcs or uh, uh shadows on the mountains or dragons or anything no 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 excitement like that no thank you not very not not for us so that's uh we're going to in this episode we're going to make our characters we're going to get to introduce ourselves to to them and their dreams and their jobs that they have we're going to name the village that we're in and we're going to populate it with all the other NPCs and drama and uh, businesses and taverns that, that are part of that village. So that's what this episode is going to be our whole setup. And then next week, when we come in for our next episode, we will begin in that tavern that we have made. And I will roll up uh, some of the worrisome events that are happening in our village to offer a little bit of drama. Because while our lives are quiet, they are not going to be boring. And so that will be, uh, I'm very excited to try this out, especially as it's our first actual play game recording in over a year. I wanted to ease ourselves in with something a little kinder, a little nicer. This is marketed as um, a game to play with your group in between sessions if you're looking for a palate cleanse or if someone can't make it and you want to keep playing but you don't want to play your primary game you can put this one in as like a placeholder uh, and, and and so it's 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 very much um it's not this is not a game that you're going to play for years at a time this is a game that you're going to play for weeks at a time and so uh so I'm, I'm very, I'm very excited. I'm really excited that the three of you wanted to join me on this. So we're we're all going through. We've only like read the PDF like a couple days. We're all learning it together. So join us on this episode as we all muddle our way through Underhill by Water. Anyone have what are your first impressions here before we get right into it? When I when I pitch this game, I know each of you have had a, your own look at this PDF um, about this before we get into it. Maybe we can compare our thoughts at the beginning of this game to our thoughts at the end of this game. Uh, Velvet, I uh, I was excited for this because we have played so many adventure games where it's about the adventure or environmental games where it's about how cool and mysterious is this place. And the stakes are so high. So high. The, the, the future of our entire species is on the line. And this one, it's literally, hey, did you have a thought? You stop that. 
and it's, it's so chill. It, Don't be it, getting excited now. No exciting right. thoughts no, now. No. You'll you'll give yourself ulcers. <laughs> you'll give me ulcers. You don't want me to have ulcers. And and it just the the tongue is firmly in cheek throughout yeah. this book. And it's very easy to access. Uh, unlike some of the other games, this one says, hey, you want to talk about characters? Okay, let's go to 47. Page 47, here we go. And you just get into and And even at that, like, it is so, like, easy. It, mm. it, it, that really is, that's the theme of it. That's the energy of it. And so I was excited for that because this, I feel, would be such a good social game because they are such a social social culture already it's like hey do you want to do you want to get over a feast and play a game for a couple of hours have i got the game for you it, it will be meta but we're going if to have If you bring a the pizza to right. your game group you yeah. can mechanically get extra points for hosting a party in this game right. so <laughs> you know, there's, yeah. there's things like that 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 really play into it uh, Shaw, what are your thoughts going into underhill by water well, as we started this up, Joanna said, hey, can I just make a cup of tea? And I thought that is the perfect summary of, of this game is put on a cup of tea, you know, or a pot, depending on your caffeine addiction and just have a lovely afternoon. It sounds like such a just a wonderful, nice time, which is, I think, something we could all use right about now, um, just in the middle of all the what's going on in the world. Um, it just seems like a very refreshing change of pace from everything else RPG related. Mm hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so like, you know, it, it, it for us, it's just like the start of spring, the, the, the tree outside my window is just starting to block, like, like the green buds have really come out after the rain. And so it's just kind of like, it's a bit of a, a, a recharging time. Canada's gone through its time, but I know down in the States, so many of my friends have already been vaccinated. So there's like this, there's this chance of like, we're, we're, we're almost there. There's that home run stretch as there's that light at the end of the tunnel. And so this game I'm hoping has that little bit of like that bit of hope and dreams and future and that, that, that relaxation. Uh, and now Joe, uh, what are your thoughts going into Underhill by Water? Yeah. So a lot of my thoughts kind of echoed what Sean and Velvet said, um, the, I like that the rulebook just doesn't take itself too seriously. It's very well laid out. Um, the character sheet even has a little overlay on top of it that shows you exactly which page to go to for every single portion of the um, of the character sheet. Yeah, there's some uh, really good accessible features mm -hmm. in this. Mm -hmm. And I just love that I get to actually make my dog as a character if I want to in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to that's tie in to, to another game we're looking into uh, with you later in May. It is. Uh, when, when I told you about it. Mm -hmm. The uh, uh, one thing I did like, because this is a game that is made only as a PDF, there's no physical copy out. It also, I, you know, it's very easy to read on a computer screen. Yeah. The fonts are bold and big and they're laid out. It looks good on a phone screen. It's uh, It's very much... You know, a lot of the PDFs we deal with when we're when we're when we're recording on the podcast, they're print books that have been scanned into a PDF or or, or convert, and so the fonts are really tiny, and and they work well enough when they're in a book, but um, there's not a lot of. It's only recently I've seen more books doing a PDF version for tablets. Uh, I know Pugmire's got a version of that. They got like their phone version of the rules, specifically designed for phone screens. And and one thing I liked about this PDF is that it was just it was also just very easy to read, uh, as, along with the layout being quite intuitive. And and I thought that was a really cool feature on the uh, on the character sheet. Um, you can turn on an overlay in the PDF, which will tell you where which pages each of the of the skill sets go to. So that was kind of neat. 
So uh, related to that too, in terms of accessibility, this PDF transferred into the voice reading capability much easier than some of the other PDFs. It, uh, I mean, there were some cases where because of the font, there was a space in between one letter or another, but mm-hmm. it, they, you could tell what the word was. Uh, and unlike others where it's like, it just kind of skips sections because it doesn't know what, yeah. what it's trying to say. And especially if there was lore embedded in that, where again, with this one, the readability, the legibility was so clear. Yeah, yeah, so like extra points for that. So there are seven steps to making your halfling here in this march. And then when we're done making your halflings, we will uh you'll you'll be picking which hole in the village you're going to turn into your home. And there's 20 places in that home. So so we're going to try and get through this and hopefully we can get this all in the, in the, in this episode. So first step though is your stock. All halflings are members of one of the three stocks, the Dulkeens, the Vonkars, and the Aldwins. You can choose or you can roll now we've got three players today so uh, we already talked ahead of time of breaking that up so that we would have one player for each stock and and we'll go through and, and, and describe which each one so uh, who is going to be playing our dull keen that would be me Oh, so Joe. I'm very excited. Dulkeen are the most common stock of halflings in the Commonwealth. They're not as tall as the Aldwins, nor as stout as the Vonkars. They have curly hair, brown or black, on their heads and their toes. They have long, clever fingers, joyful red cheeks, and easy laughter. Along with uh, all these other details, Dulkeens have eight endurance that you're going to be marking down. I should be also keeping track of this. So we've got our Dulkeen. Very happy to be a very nice... Very standard Hobbit. Thank you very much. Very nice. <laughs> Thank you very much. Nice. Absolutely. Just a proper, proper Hobbit. Just a proper um, Hobbit. Thank you. <laughs> and you begin with four extra skill points placed as you wish. And uh, you can you can let me know in a minute what those are. And then f- every time you rank up, Dulkeens also gain two more skill points. So most of you are going to only get skill points based on your profession. Uh, but the Dulkeens themselves, they're hardy enough that they they get extra points to their skills. That's their like their big pro that they get for 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 their group. And who's going to be our Von Car? I am going to uh, take on the very hirsute Von Car. Mm-hmm. The Von Car are a stock of hearty, swarthy, tough, and stout little halflings. They're the heaviest of the three stocks, being inclined to eat. Vonkar mix often with dwarves and do a good trade with them. It's said they might have a little dwarf blood in their veins. In addition to furry toes, Vonkar have hair on the back of their hands, and the men have bristling side whiskers. They're the only halflings who can grow facial hair worth a damn. <laughs> and so Vonkars start with 10 endurance. Uh, you also will deal plus one damage whenever attacking, if you end up attacking. And every time you rank up, you gain an additional D6 of endurance. So you get the most health points out of them all. You, you, can, you can really uh, drag it out further than the rest of them. And so then that leaves Sean. You will be our Alduin. Indeed. That's exciting. Aldwins are the tallest and thinnest of the three stocks. It's said by other halflings that they're criminally underweight. They have light-colored hair, tend to have blonde hair. Aldwins, more than other stocks, are given to wandering, especially in the woods and especially at night. And sometimes they meet elves there, and sometimes the elves will sing with them. Aldwins have six endurance, and they also get 
access to a random knack. Knacks are little magical charms or rhymes, and we're going to roll for your knack now. Mm -hmm. Each rank up, you will learn an additional random knack. Knacks are, Aldwins are weird, and they go about doing weird things. (laughs) And you're going to get, we're going to be tracking it, uh, a balance coin. Whenever you use your knack, you flip the coin face down. And whenever it's face down, I, the GM, get a chance to flip that coin back up by creating a, a what's called a balance move. And the balance move can be things like gathering storms or forcing a fail on a dice roll or things like that. So so you get you get a little bit of good and a little bit of bad whenever you cause knacks. And the Aldwins, because of that... People, you know, I imagine the other hobbits in our in our in our village must see the Aldwins as uh, sometimes bearers of bad luck and omens and other kinds of things. I don't want you and your weirdness anywhere near me. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, so he's a wee bit squirrely. Roll a d twelve and find out which knack you are going to be starting with. Okay. And you can veto them if they're not interesting yeah. to you. Uh, we got number nine, which is speed the work. So if nobody is watching you. You can perform about an hour's worth of work in the space of 10 minutes. Do you like that? I like that. That's fun. So they look at you and you're like, you know, we need you to paint this fence. And you go, uh, it's going to take me all day. And then they leave and you come back and you're like <laughs> off of the tavern drinking. And like, what are you doing? Like, well, I got, I got it done. What do you mean got done? It was only 20 minutes ago. I got it done 10 minutes ago. And I've been here at the tavern ever since. <laughs> so everyone thinks you're like cheating or you're hiring people to do work for you or... I mean, but it gets done. It gets done. Or maybe they don't know and I'm just drinking a lot more. <laughs> we'll see. So along with your stock, you also have attributes. Uh, they're broken up into charisma, constitution, dexterity, intelligence, wisdom. Uh, now, depending how you roll for these, um, you might get some additional attributes, which include one of them is called mouth breather. <laughs> and so we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. We'll see how things go. So for everyone... Uh, We'll, we'll, we'll go through each stat together. Uh, so we'll do charisma first. So roll a d6. And let me know what you get, uh, Sean. I got a two. And uh, Velvet, what'd you get? I got a bad reputation. Oh, you got a one. You got a one. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so um, at, at a one, you got a... Uh, oh, I see. So for charisma, no attributes gained. That's why it is. Yeah. We're not, we're not, it's not like a stat number. And, and with these, along. it's all, it, you, if you get a one or a six, that's when... It's only a one or a six. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get a bad reputation. With a bad reputation, uh, you fail. A failure using your charm skill immediately moves the NPC to unfriendly. What mistake did you make in your misspent youth to justify this reputation? We're going to come back around to that and find out <laughs> why your Vonkar has such a bad reputation. Uh, and uh, did you roll a one or a six there, Joe? I did not. I rolled a four. I'm a very <laughs> averagely charisma hobbit. Thank Char- you very much. Good. So <laughs> on to, on to nice. constitution. <laughs> so once again, we'll roll it. Everyone roll a D six and let me know if you got a one or a six. Six. Oh, you did. Yeah. So you uh, have a bad <laughs> reputation, but you're also very tall for a half leg. Which is also very tall for a Vonkar. Can we just describe them as being yes. the short... Uh, so you're tall for a halfling. Increase your endurance score by two. Your endurance is all the way up to 12. I also rolled a six. 
you're practically a human. <laughs> like, walking around <laughs> an athlete. Is that why you have a bad reputation? Is everyone just looks at you going, like, you're not, you're like, not like, that one time your mother went off to Brie and then came back with a wee one? And uh, Okay, so uh, did anyone else get a one or a six? I am perfectly yeah. average height. Thank you very much. <laughs> average constitution? Average constitution, Sean? Uh, oh, yeah, uh, well, I got tall, like I said, so. Oh, you, you also got tall. Yeah. Okay. I'm very, very twins. tall. You and I so are twins, your, maybe. Your endurance yeah. is now up to uh, up to eight. Uh, same thing for dexterity. Everyone roll a d6. Let me know if you got a one or a six. Oh, come on. Uh, a one. You got... Oh, oh this no. is fun. You're full of so many attributes. <laughs> you are lazy. In combat, your missile attacks fire at phase four instead of phase one. So normally anyone doing long range attacks in combat would get to go first at every round, but you would go last every round if you're, but only for long range attacks. Yeah. Um, but, but also I think narratively, that's very funny. You're, yes. You have a bad reputation. You're very tall. You're very lazy. And everyone else just average dexterity? Five. Yeah. Average. I also got a five. Yeah. Average. Okay. On to intelligence. Oh, no. Six. Oh, hey, wow. It's, it's, it's just good and bad, good and bad. What are the odds that you would have rolled four attributes already? Uh, you are learned. Uh, your lore skill starts with a rating of three. I can't read. Oh, oh no. you're unlettered. I am unlettered. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So Joe rolled a one on intelligence. I did. <laughs> so you're unlettered, which means... Uh, you cannot read. You need to use all of your fingers and toes to do any math more difficult than simple addition. Probably <laughs> need to use them for simple addition, okay, too, let's be honest. Last <laughs> one is our wisdom. Anyone get an attribute for wisdom? Nope. No attributes. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Uh, that was my favorite one. Is uh, If you roll a one on wisdom, you're a mouth breezer. Normally, a halfling, uh, when around big folk, always rolls... Almost uh, always rolls with a as if their their rank is a six, but with a mouth breather, your subtlety score you roll with whatever your actual subtlety is, even around large creatures. Um, all right, so that's uh, so for now. Here's here's the other thing too. So you start your score with your luck skills affected by the number of negative attributes you have. Every time you rolled a one and gained a negative attribute, you gain an extra skill point to luck. Velvet's gonna have that fun. would be Velvet. <laughs> Velvet has two because you got bad reputation and lazy, so you gain two more points to your luck. So your luck is all the way up to three now, and the uh, uh, and for uh, uh, Joe, your Dulkeen being unlettered, you also get a luck point. Thank and you. so luck is the skill you go to when like nothing else works. So every halfling has a set of seven skills that represent their competence at the business of living in the Commonwealth. All of your skills start at a one in six chance. Uh, and uh, that, those are charm, lore, luck, a profession skill that will be determined in a second, subtlety, wrangling, and woodcraft. So uh, if you have any positive attributes, you note down the increase to your skill score, which that's what we've been doing with a few of you. And uh, negative attributes increase your luck score. Dolkeen, we do have a Dolkeen here. Uh, you spend four starting points to increase your skills at this point. Each oh. point increases your score in particular skill by one. So you have four points to spend, Joe, on any of these skills. 
I definitely want at least one in woodcraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the woodcraft skill is anything out in the wilds. I don't think I'm particularly subtle. I think charm and lore would both be fun. Okay, that's three. That's three. And then let's also do a wrangling. Okay, you spread them all out. I did spread them all out. Excellent. So on to your profession. Uh, wizards have taken note that in the halfling communities, there's always just enough halflings to fill every required job everyone's got a job and all the jobs have been filled it's always you know the the employment rate is always full uh, there's 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 no unemployment but there's also no like job openings either it's a curiosity in these villages that everything just gets met all the time uh and so your profession there's 50 choices here we're not going to go through all of them uh you're going to roll a percentile die if you don't have one i can roll on your behalf um and uh we're going to find out what job you have in town i forgot to grab a percentile do you mind rolling for me sure so joe i rolled for you uh 68 so that's too high there we go 13 actually 13 Uh, is a courier a courier, Ooh, you, which is, that, that kind of works really well for you. You gain a walking staff, a bird brooch, and a bird whistle. Uh, the first item in your profession can always be used as an improvised weapon. And uh, it counts as like a, a D4 of damage. Uh, so uh, that kind of works for someone who wants to go. You're always looking for excuses to go wander into the woods. Uh, so, But no adventures, just, <laughs> just wandering into the woods. Yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not, a, it's not an adventure. It's a job. It's your job. You're a courier. Yeah. So you have, uh, you have reason to even leave the village and go visit the other villages or even the other marches to deliver mail and important information. So do I put um, um my so under profession mm-hmm. you so, would just write courier and then uh, in my pockets do I have the uh, mm-hmm. walking staff, the bird brooch, and the bird whistle? Exactly. Excellent. All right, that's fun. Uh, Sean, what did you roll? Uh, I rolled 26, which is a leech. <laughs> In the medieval sense of the word, which is uh, okay. sort of like a doctor. <laughs> based on what they give you. Uh, so that's they, wonderful. Our weird, of course, the weird Aldrin is, uh, is, is our doctor. Uh, so you gain a pestle, smelling salts, and an herbal poultice. <laughs> Am I the courier? Because... Everyone trusts me not to read their mail. <laughs> Maybe um, because you're a proper, respectable uh, 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 Dulkeen. Unlettered Dulkeen. <laughs> Un- unlettered. Yeah, you can't read the mail. You're, you're, uh, send the illiterate to go do the mail. Yeah, Even yeah. if they open it up, they won't be able to read what I read. But are you the dullest um, of the keen or the keenest of the dull? Mm. Yeah, the dull and dull. Oh, stop it with your wordplay, Aldwins. No, no one wants your wordplay. Just tell a proper funny story with with a fart joke at the end, like everyone wants. So you'll roll for this profession whenever you think your proficiency with that chosen profession would allow you to avoid misfortune. Finally, Velvet, what's your uh, what's your Vancor uh, Vancor's uh, profession? Uh, Fourteen, a farmer. A farmer, which oh, aligns nice. with what in my head concept, my head cannon was anyway. So I'm quite yeah. happy with that. So you'll get a pitchfork, an excellent tobacco, and a giant pet chicken. Yes, I do. <laughs> That's you perfect. Definitely name this chicken. 
right, so that's our professions. Uh, and then finally, now we get to your name and your family name. So they say here, the uh, making a halfling name is uh, you take a stereotypical British name and spell it like George R. R. Martin, or you can choose in the list below. Um, you can name them whatever you like. Uh, what would you like to... Uh, let's let's start with Velvet, so we're not uh, going last with you every time. What is their name? Yeah, uh, their name is Hugo, and the family name is Weaver. We are family of Weavers. Where uh, did the uh, where um, what number is that? Because that also tells you the name of your ancestral home. Oh, I didn't do it that way. I was going with the pun. Uh, all right. Oh, that's fine. We can go with Weaver, but then let's also roll. Uh, 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 you roll a, a two d sixes. Okay. Uh, and um, the oh, first six the, right. is the uh, the table. The second six uh, tells you what your like your surname and your ancestral home and its main feature. Gotcha. So I rolled a six as my first number. So mm-hmm. that's uh, Dumbledee, I think, or the Apiary. No, it will be the six table, and then oh, okay. uh, on page twenty one. Oh, and then you'll roll another six. And that's a one. And so it, this is Topher, but we can change it to Weaver yeah. if you prefer. Yeah. And it, it, your ancestral home is Lockmore. Notably small, but a comfortable hole. Its door has no locking mechanism, but only opens at the request of a family member. You gain a key that can unlock any door, but it only works once. Lovely. So I've got to put down Weaver. So you're Hugo Weaver. <laughs> and your ancestral home is Lockmore. Yeah. As well as I'm going to write down, you have a key, a skeleton key, one use. It can open up any door, not any lock, any door. And so uh, on to uh, Joe. What would you, what, what, what shall we name yours? I'm going to go with Lana. Um, which is one of the suggested female names. Um, they also suggest taking a stereotypical British name and spelling it like George R. R. Martin would. <laughs> but I'm going to just go with uh, one of the suggested ones, which is Lana. And family name, let's roll for it. So the purple one will be the first D6, and the green will be the second. So I got a five and a five. one. So Puttering. Fifth- the puttering. Lana puttering. Oh, perfect. I, I do tend to putter around a bit. So your ancestral home is known as Hearth's Hearth. And Hearth's Hearth is known for its many fireplaces that burn with curiously colored flames. You gain a fancy parade outfit. Oh, my. Which is specific to the profession skill. So you can use your fancy parade outfit to automatically re-roll a failed profession roll, but it will also ruin the outfit in the process. Right, 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 right. And so that is Hearth's, Hearth's, Hearth's Hearth. (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's known for as many fireplaces that burn with curiously colored flames. Turn on everything's RGB. Turn on all the LEDs. You're just a you're just a, a, a halfling streamer now. Uh, and finally, oh, yeah. Sean. Uh, right. Shall we name yours? Uh, I've gone with Darcy, but I've added an apostrophe to it because that's what you do in fantasy spelling. Uh, so it's D apostrophe A R C Y. Yeah, I actually have a, <laughs> a a real friend who spells his name that way. That's fantastic. I yeah. I appreciate that. So Darcy, and what's your family name? What did you roll? Well, let's roll it and find out. Let's roll it now. First six, what's it? 
Uh, first six is also six. Six, okay. And number three. Number three, Tunneler, which would be great. If you end up rolling the same one, then <laughs> you're definitely related. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tunneler. So you're Darcy Tunneler. Okay. Darcy Tunneler of Deep Tunnel is the name of your home. These are, these are the, this, this is the, uh, the home that you've inherited. So you've recently moved to town. You've inherited this home from, a, from, from, from a, a, an uncle or an aunt who's passed away and left the Hobbit home in your name. You finally got to move away from your parents and you get to move into your own home. And maybe it, it doesn't happen, doesn't have to necessarily happen recently, but most homes in these villages are, are homes that are inherited along family lines. So uh, your, your ancestral home that you live in is Deep Tunnel, the deepest hole of the Commonwealth. You gain a shield with a horn of plenty painted on it. Okay. <laughs> like That's gonna for, sit over the mantle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, I'm sure you walked in there going like, well, this is what it is. <laughs> so finally, we've only got two more steps left. And the last step is your rank, which everyone is miss or masters. So we don't have to worry about that. So this is effectively the last step. Dreams. Every player begins with a dream. This is their goal, the objectives that they want to accomplish during play. You can write down any dream you want, but if you need inspiration, you can roll from a D12 from the list. So, Sean, uh, I'll be rolling your a D12. dream. Okay. And I got a one, which is I want to woo someone special. You want to woo someone special. Who? Do, uh, so uh, I'll check in on this after we have populated our uh, our village with all the other characters. Perfect. And then you're going to pick which person you're wooing. And then I will tell you how many steps. I'm actually just going to roll that now. It's only a two-step process. So I'll tell you how many, what, what, what you have to go through in order to accomplish your dream. Uh, Joe, what is your dream? So... I'm going to pick one of the ones off of the table. Um, I'm going to pick the fourth one. Sorry, the third one. Um, You want want to visit every tavern (laughs) in the four farthings. (laughs) I do. I do. It's a longstanding family tradition. It's basically like the ultimate pub crawl. Yeah. It's like like the Golden Mile from uh, At World's End. Want to visit every tavern. My cousin just recently completed the family challenge, and I'm very jealous. (laughs) Yeah, and they all have like your cousin has a a a, a tankard from each of the taverns on their mantle, like like <laughs> the way like someone collects amiibos, uh-huh. they just got them all across the, the the top of their mantle. So I'm going to see how many steps do you have to you have to, it, that's a three step process for you. So oh. I have a feeling that you're not very far along on this dream. And then lastly, uh, here we've got Hugo. What's your dream? Uh, this has been aligning exactly with how I wanted this character to craft. Uh, I want to win a, a blue ribbon at the Harvest Festival, but specifically, uh, it's actually the opposite. I want my ribbons to be considered the ribbons that you want to win at the oh. Harvest Festival. <laughs> so I want award-winning ribbons at the Harvest Festival. So of it's less of the- that you want to win the festival as you want to get... Uh, the the you want the to contract. win the bidding the yes. contract <laughs> blue ribbon contract <laughs> at the harvest festival uh that unfortunately is going to be a four step process 
uh, and I'm going to tell you how many steps. It's probably going to involve bribing the mayor. Uh, there's going to be a whole lot of things. You're going to have to probably, I'm thinking, definitely have to host a party. We're going to have to bring the who's who together. So that also then means assembling the guest list. Yep. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's do it now. Uh, uh, so step one, you need, uh, you, you need to win hearts and minds of the planning committee of the Harvest Festival in order to get this contract. In order to win their hearts and minds, you will need to host a party with the leadership of the Four Farthings. No, not even the Four Farthings, because the Harvest Festival might not even be all of the marches, but just uh, the march we're in. So you'll need to uh, leadership party. So you'll need to send out invites. I can help with that. Mm -hmm. You'll need to send out invites. That'll be step one. You need to host a party. Then uh, step three is you will need to... Regale them in some way. Like I'll have to tell like a, a really good story or something. Or mm -hmm. entertainment, mm -hmm. like the top-notch entertainment. At, at, at the party, you will need to present a surprise. Yeah. And so, that, that, so present a surprise. I also will have to have... Uh, uh, this may not be part of this quest but i will need to have a ribbon as a sample yeah. well and then and then and then step them. four Gifts. is you need you need a ribbon yeah you need to make a ribbon all right so that, that those are your four steps Great. so you need to send out the invitations you need to host the party you need to present a surprise and then you need to actually be able to manufacture these ribbons so that you can actually follow through with your promises yep for okay, so why don't we? And so the the other one is woo someone special. Uh, we'll we'll deal with that once we get to know and visit every inn of the four farthings. Jeez, how do we how do we do how do we do this? Um, a d fifty of how many inns there are. How 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 do how do I how do I do that in a way that could be done in the game session that we're about to play? So you can actually check off some parts of your dream, Joe. Uh, I'm thinking step one, you need to get your cousin's map. Because you said your cousin just yes. completed it, you yes. need to you need to get the map. You need to get you need so you need to know what route to take. So you need to actually know where all the taverns are. You need uh -huh. to get a you need to you need to get a, a, a an updated list of the taverns and their rankings. So your cousin has that map. They keep it under lock and key. It's their prized possession. They keep it in one of the tankards above their mantle. So you might have to sneak in. You might have to steal. You might have to buy it from them. Uh, whatever you need, your cousin's got the map. You need the map. Then you need to, so this is less of you actually getting to the taverns, but in order to do your dream, you need to be able to go on your trip. This is like planning for your dream vacation. So you're also going to need to save up money for okay. the travel expenses. You're going to need travel expenses. Mm -hmm. So you need to get a job, might need to get on another job, might need to get your early inheritance or something, but you need your travel expenses covered. And then last is... Uh, you're, you need to pack your supplies. Okay. Is there something about building tolerance? So, so you're, not, <laughs> you're not kicked out after the first in? Uh, that might be a challenge that the cousin could offer. I'll give you this map, but I need to know you're worthy of getting it. Right. So we're going out drinking tonight, cuz. <laughs> oh, excellent. And you've got you've to outlast me. And if you can outlast, if you can outlast old brother Bruiser... Uh, uh, old brother Boozer, <laughs> that uh, then the map is yours. Okay, all right, cool. So we'll find out who your cousin is in town when we're making these characters okay. now. But okay. that, that's your that's your three step process in order to get the tavern. And so for woo someone special, you're going to need to invite them to the dance. Okay. 
and um, you're going to uh, present them a gift. Which sounds simple, but I'm sure we'll make it complicated. Oh, yeah. So you actually have to talk to them. Oh, no. <laughs> that's that's <gasps> the first step. That sounds difficult. <laughs> <laughs> and you're very tall. So yeah. everyone comes off as if you're talking down to them. Literally, you are. Okay. So I'm going to roll this d20 here to find out our village name. Are you ready? It is Undermoot. <laughs> <laughs> the village of Undermoot. How do we feel about that? Yay, yay. Okay. <laughs> Sounds fun to me. Undermoot. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the name of the village pub. So the pub, which I've put right here in the center of the map, right at the top of the uh, bridge, is known as the Dog and... The Dog and Pool Pub. <laughs> the Dog and Poodle? The dog no. and pool, P O O L. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's actually how they do their sobriety test. If you mispronounce the last word, <laughs> the dog and pool, the dog, dog and poo? pool pub. <laughs> and it's uh, there's a there's a famous painting crafted by uh, by a traveling merchant of uh, it's not the dogs playing poker, it's the dogs playing pool. <laughs> on like a billiards table. So yep. that's it. The Dog and Pool Pub. Um, and this Dog and Pool Pub is famous for songs and stories told around a great hearth. We just got our uh, management agreement there. We did. We did. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. It approves. And so the uh, that, <laughs> I mean, we could have gone for seven it's famous for its dog. Its name is Luke, and he's the best boy. Uh, <laughs> so let's go with that. Let's change it. Okay, from, let's change uh, it. Songs and stories around a great hearth is nice, but I figure that that's just every tavern, isn't it? So it's famous for its dog. Now, do we want to call this dog Luke, or do we want to give dog a different name? Any suggestions? Luke okay? Everyone's okay? So... Uh, this dog, so the dog in Pool Pub is famous for Luke the dog. And he is the best boy. All right. Now, beyond the hedge. So at the edge of our map, to the north, the top left of the map there is beyond the hedge. This is place is uh, what strange danger lurks just outside the hedge. Uh, it is a ruined city of elves who tarried here in sadness. Hmm. A ruined city of elves just beyond the hedge. So that's what's, at, that's what's at number 20 on our map. And now we get to Population U. So on our map, you can see that all the little, hole, all the little uh, hobbit holes are numbered 1 through 19. And you can tell me where you want your ancestral home to be located. And we're going to mark that down. And then I'm going to fill in the rest of them. So uh, let's start with Velvet. Where would you like Lockmore to be? 
This is very cool. Uh, so we've got, you mentioned a, being a farmer. So it's set yeah. into, so at the top of the map is the inner city. Then yeah. in the middle of the map is the outskirts. And that's sort of where the most of the people live, but they've all got neighbors. And then you got the boonies to the mm-hmm. bottom of the map across the river. And that's where you got more open fields. And so as a farmer, maybe yeah. you're out in the boonies. So 17 is my birth date. So let's say I'm in number 17. Lockmore at 17. Uh, and so then, uh, Joe, where is Hearth, uh, Hearts Hearth? I think Hearts Hearth um, is probably, let's go with number 11. I think we're a family of couriers, so we don't want to be too far away from the village, but we also don't want to be too uh Yeah, you're on the main the road. road. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You've got the access to the bridge. You're kind of in the center of, of town without being in the actual center of town, because that would mm-hmm. be up at the, at the square at the top. And then finally, Deep Tunnel. Where is Deep Tunnel, Darcy? I'm thinking number nine here, kind of right at the edge near the weirdness that is the hedge. It seems like oh. where the healer might be. It's kind of in the outskirts, but really on the outskirts of the outskirts. Deep tunnel. It's less of a hobbit hole and more of a bunker situation. <laughs> it's a healing okay. bunker. It's a healing bunker. Yeah, yeah. That's it's interesting because it kind of looks like a grave. It's fine. Kind of looks like a big tomb. Okay, so that's where Lockmore, Harsels, and Deep Tunnel are. Now uh, is where the majority of the time of this episode is going to be spent is uh, I'm going to roll up the rest of these. So I got to get myself a D6 uh, and I'm going and uh, and a D20 and I'm going to roll. So the the next number here, actually, you know, I'm just going to start at the top of the map and work my way across it. So number one is a tavern. We got another tavern. This town is cool enough for two taverns. My my adventuring is going well already. I've already hit two. Two for one. Uh, so uh, nineteen. It's this place is called the Whistling King's Accords. The Whistling King's Accords. It's right in the town center. So this is like maybe where those rich folks, the well-to-do velvet, the people you're trying to woo over for the harvest festival. Mm-hmm. There's everyone in the center goes to the dog and pool pub. That's where that's where the common folk go. But the Whistling King's Accords. Well, that's where the mayor. That's where the aldermans. That's where. Yeah. So they all go to the Whistling King's Accords is known for its. Oh, it's known for its adventurers. Ugh. The landlord used to do some wandering and is now visited by strange foreigners who tell strange tales. So if you're ever looking for people outside of town. Travelers wandering from afar. Uh, they're probably going to be at the Whistling King's Accords. That might be why the Dog and Pool Pub. That's for halfling, for regular, respectable people, not for humans, dwarves, elves. <laughs> um, could we say that I've gotten kicked out of there for um, <laughs> light fingering one of their tankards? <laughs> oh, sure, absolutely. Uh, we got another. We got a non-player character who lives at number two. Um, where's number two on my map? Number two is right above the Whistling King's Accords. Okay, so who is this person? So the person who lives up above the Whistling King's arms is a uh, is a brewer. Oh, that makes sense. That does. And they are going to be, um, let's go with Polliver. And Polliver is five. 
and one. A puttering. It's another puttering. This is your cousin. <laughs> Absolutely. It's my cousin, The brewer of the Whistling King's <laughs> Arms. A former adventurer, by the way, who retired uh, uh, and set up uh, uh. this place. Oh. He went off and he didn't just stop at every tavern in the Four Farthings. He went beyond the hedge. He left and he went and he traveled the world to travel all of the taverns. And so now he's back and he's retired. So he sets up the, 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 the Whistling King's Arms. He lives just above it. And his name is Polliver Puttering. And, uh, and he lives at number two <laughs> and you live at the ancestral home mm-hmm. and, uh, and puttering, uh, Polliver lives up there. So, so you're gonna have to go to number two to get the map of his hobbit tail there and back again <laughs> to, uh, be basically the Frodo to their Bilbo. <laughs> okay. At number three. I lost that dice. Rest in peace. Uh, no, I don't want another tavern. We're going to do a meeting hall at number three. Uh, this is... Uh, the Knitting Circle is up at number three. And uh, they're a woman's social club. Ostensibly organizes community picnics and charity events. Any canny observers will tell you, though, that the Knitting Circle is a powerful political organization. Mares and thanes alike will be obliged to bend the gentle but unyielding power of this society. So, Velvet, the Knitting Circle might become very important for you to win the hearts and minds of the powerful elite in order to get your ribbon at the, uh, at the festival. Yeah, I'll have to go to them first period to get even permission mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah exactly these things don't happen they have determined whose ribbons go on the blue ribbon award since time memorial so you might even need to be you might even need to join the knitting circle you might need to get membership to the knitting circle in order to even be uh, uh, even up for um a consideration uh, another meeting hall at the uh, at number four, and this is a meeting hall. Is the benevolent right of the lion? Uh, this fraternal order couches itself in mysticism, morality, and symbols. Its members have a flair for panache and the theatrical, as their secret handshakes and code words are all fairly nonsensical. This theatrical air is countered by the utter secrecy with which members must cavort themselves with. No member of the right may admit that they are a member, or even that the right exists, even though the entire village may see them walking in their red robes into the Lion's Lodge every Friday night. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Yeah, I, I feel like the as an Aldwin, you uh, our doctor, our leech really wants to get into the right of the lion. Yep. Okay, we got another non-player character living at number five. I just want to point out that there's a club for people who don't want to be in a club, and I think that's phenomenal. Yeah, I'm <laughs> tempted to Rope try and maker. join that group. The lads who won't do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope I rolled them up. Uh, we got the rope maker who lives at number five, and their name is going to be uh, Edith Edith Headstrong, and they live at the ferry. Uh, the ferry isn't a hole, but a large barge. So they're 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 a rope maker and a former sailor. They're a halfling that went to, they went to sea. I feel like Edith and Polliver might have been part of the same adventuring company. So if you want the best rope in 
in the entire village in Undermoot, you're going to need to go to Edith. But if you're going to go to Edith, you're going to need to sing her a shanty. <laughs> that's that's you pay her in shanties. Boy, we got a lot of meeting halls in this town. Uh, why don't we put? Is it the lads who don't do nothing? <laughs> yep. At number six, that's the uh, the anti club. The lads. Uh, what's great is the anti club is directly next door to the dog and pool pub. Nice. So it's always. So the lads who don't do nothing, social clubs are so prevalent in the Commonwealth, one was formed for the purpose of opposing them. The lads who won't do nothing is a social club of halflings who refuse to join a social club. They all get drinks at the pub and then sit not too close to each other because that would indicate that they're in a club. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, We've got another player, uh, an NPC living at number seven. That's across the street from the pub. I'm going to go with Nibs. That's good. (laughs) Nibs Long Dweller. Nibs lives at number seven. And what does Nibs do for a living? They are the town's... Bicycle. (laughs) They are uh, 17. They are the town's Fletcher. So they make the bows. They make the arrows. Um, And they also have a pet raven. I probably know them well because I also have some uh, uh, birds that I use for my work. Yeah, so you and Nibs might be friends. Uh, yeah. Edith, Edith Headstrong, um, Joe, lives at number five. They're the town rope maker. But because they're a headstrong, their, their hobbit hole is not a hole. It's actually a barge that uh, is placed up on top of the hill. And so immediately I'm thinking Edith and Polliver were part of the same adventuring company. And oh. Edith is like the only sailor in town. You want to have good rope? You want to get the rope mm-hmm. from the shipwright, mm-hmm. right? You want to get like sailor's rope, sailor's knots. You can purchase rope from Edith Headstrong through shanty and only shanty. She's not interested in money. She and Polliver came back from adventures with more gold uh-huh. than God. So, so she wants shanties. You need to sing her a shanty in order to get rope from Edith Headstrong. Uh, and so then Nibs, Nibs Long Dweller, lives at number seven, and he's our town Fletcher. And uh, uh, at number eight, we're going to have another player, uh, another non-player character. Um, do we have a name that you anyone would like to suggest? Griffin. Griffin. Oh, who may be a birder. Or what do they call the people who... A falconer. Mm-hmm. So Griffin is a... Uh, is a, a Lambin... A Lambingi? Uh, they live at Empty End, which is said to hide some hidden treasure in it somewhere. Griffin Lambingi. Empty End. And... Uh, oh, we're about... Halfway, then we're done. Uh, <laughs> another player at number, uh, where were we at? I just did number eight, so we're up to number nine. No, uh, nine is Sean. We're up to ten. Oh, yeah, nine is yeah. Sean. That's Deep Tunnel. And then at number ten, we have uh, the uh, two, one. It's a Fairborn home. Tree home. Isn't carved into a hill at all, but it's the side of a giant tree. That's tree home is there. And uh, it is home to 16, a fisher. That's where our fisher lives. That makes sense. (laughs) They're right near the river. And so that's where our fisher lives. And our fisher goes by the name of, let's go Porto. I'm at number 11. 
Mm-hmm. So what did I say? That uh, that was the uh, tree home. Where was what was tree home? That was Fairborn. Porto Fairhome, Fairborn rather. They live at Treeborn. Tree home. And they're the town's fisher. Uh, 11. 12. It is uh, going to be a uh, another meeting hall. For number 12? Yeah, for number... Uh, oh, sorry. Hearthurst is, is 11. So, yeah. yeah, we're up to 12 now. That's where, that's where Joe lives. So at number 12 is a meeting hall, and it is the prestigious Order of the Eagle. A reserved society of intellectuals, philosophers, and debate enthusiasts. Enterer to the Order of the Eagle is predicated on being able to defeat a standing member in a riddling contest, which is a primary occupation of many meetings. I feel like Sean is going to uh, win, win uh, entry soon. <laughs> I feel like I've sorely misunderstood what this order is for, and I keep bringing my birds. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Nibs also lives just north of the order at number seven. Both of us just keep bringing our birds and are very confused as to why they won't let it's us in. It's kind of like how when like a subreddit gets taken over, uh, when like r slash white power got taken over by painters to describe like the colors of different Pantone white paint <laughs> shades. That uh, warms my uh, heart. <laughs> so thirteen. So number thirteen is uh, the home of. I'll roll the profession. Uh, is the home of our. Oh, I keep rolling over fifty. Uh, Twenty six. Uh, that is our. Oh, we've already got a leech. Uh, so we'll re-roll that. Thirty. Our methier. Uh, they gain a knife, thick gloves, a bottle of mead, a pet bee. Who's a meth? What's a methier? Never, I've never seen this word before. Neither have I. Cleaners, and then you have people who are methier. I don't know what it <laughs> okay. is. I mean, from the, from the description, do they make Someone's meat? working on their order of the eagle entry. Um, <laughs> a methier. It's a well, meal. Methier I know methic is, is a type of mead. Yeah, yeah. it's somebody who makes mead. In 1940, yeah, it's a type of farmer. It's a mead. Okay, so it's, 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 they make mead. Awesome. Oh, cool. Well, that's exactly what something new. Learn something new every mm. day. Perhaps they're in a bit of a rivalry with uh, my cousin. Mm. Yeah. So this Methier, who lives at number 13, is 6'3. That's tall. Uh, oh, they're a tunneler. They're related to. Uh, to Sean's. To oh. Sean. Ooh. So they're, they're, they're another tunneler. Um, so at number 13, I'm going to go with Belladonna, Belladonna Tunneler. Oh, that's nice. Brilliant. Uh, it's the type of flower. Yeah. Belladonna Tunneler, the town methier. Sean, what's your character's name? Uh, Darcy with an apostrophe. Uh, yeah, Darcy Tunneler. tunneler. Darcy right. Tunneler. And 14. 40. Town Shepherd lives at 14, and uh, they are a member of the, they're a smaller one family. The so that is the smaller one? Beetle Black Hall is at number 14. Beetle Black Hall. 
And Beetle Black Hall is uh, not built into a hill, but built into the carapace of an ancient onyx-shelled giant beetle. Ooh. Um, it's very moral. <laughs> there's an item yeah. in there that screams if goblins are nearby. Um, <laughs> so uh, who's our shepherd? I'm going to think... Um, Largo, Largo, smaller one. <laughs> All right, 15, almost there. We're now, uh, I think, oh, this is the last one in, in, uh, in the outskirts before we get into the, um, into the boonies. So we have a 24. That is uh, our knacker. They're the, they're the town knacker. And they're from the family of, they're another Labengi, uh, where I have empty home, empty, uh, empty end. Where did I put Labengi? At eight. Oh yeah. Griffin. So they're actually, as it works out, they're right next to each other. They live next door. So that's, <laughs> just where, that's just where the Labengis live. Um, and so Griffin Labingi lives next door to Abigail. Abigail Labingi. And they're the town's knacker. Hmm. Again, I don't really know what a knacker does. I just looked it up. They dispose of the dead animals, etc. So living next door to uh, a Fletcher, if yeah. you have those wing- those feathers from somewhere. Yeah. And living just north of the shepherd at Beetle Black Hall. Mm. And whatever the Order of the Eagle gets up to. Okay. So they, they, they dispose of, uh, of dead animals in town. Okay, cool. So 16. And then 17 was already done. And then 18 and 19. So only three more to go. Um, we're almost there. Uh, three. What's a three? It's a guild hall. Mm. Um, so... 16 is the location of a guild hall. When this location is roll, roll on the profession list. The guild hall for this profession is based in this location. Most villages have enough halflings of any particular profession that you can find just about any trade good that the Commonwealth has to offer. However, the very finest of wares of this profession can be purchased at the guild hall. And every member of this profession comes to your village once a year for the annual convention. Mm. So this guild hall, this is the guild hall of very particularly... 44 it's the tax collector <laughs> wow that's 16 okay and it's right at the bridge going into town that's oh. hilarious we collect only troll. the finest taxes here <laughs> they set this up after Polliver moved in because they have to make sure that all of the gold inside of undermoot doesn't leave under moot and cause complete like total collapse of the economy so both uh, Edith and Polliver had to agree to like just sit on their gold like dragons and not spend it. So the tax collector guild halls were set up and they hold their annual tax collector convention <laughs> every year in Undermoot. Jesus. Okay. Tax collector guild hall. That's a, that's a thing. That definitely paints a picture of what this town is like. I bet they're a riot. Uh, oh my goodness. They are just so much fun. Okay, you live right next door to the Tax Collector Guild Hall yeah. there, uh, uh, Velvet. Uh, and uh, do you want to have a human neighbor or do you want to have a tavern for a neighbor? 
Cause I just rolled another tavern. <laughs> let's let's make it another tavern. Let's have just like a- you're just surrounded by like you're not in you don't have you don't you're not in a neighborhood. <laughs> okay, so we have we have three taverns in this town. Um, this is a no wonder you want to go on a tavern pub crawl. Uh, this tavern that you live next door to, Velvet, is the uh, oh I'm gonna roll the Wandering Stone Inn. And this is an inn that's out in the boonies. So these are people that are staying here that don't want to go into town <laughs> for whatever reason. It is most the tax. Yeah, right? It is most famous for ghosts. <laughs> it's said the place is haunted. At the very least, you dream strangely if you stay there. <laughs> so you're on your neighbor on the left is the tax collector guild hall. Your neighbor on the right is the haunted wandering stone inn. And oh, then you're wow. finally down. The other person who lives down in the boonies is going to be the, um, 35. This is the town's Pete cutter. <laughs> Makes sense out in the boonies. Mm. They cut the peat. They're always out there with their lantern and a ten foot pole, and they gain. Uh, they have a shovel. Uh, they are a member of the family three three. Um, they're the however family, <laughs> and they live in Brassgate. So your only real neighbor out in the boonies, Velvet, is uh, this this <laughs> character. Um, let's go with Bodo. However. The peat cutter of Brassgate. Also, I looked up a knacker. Yeah. And uh, in addition to just kind of removing and clearing animal carcass, they, carcasses, they process it for any potential, like, useful byproducts as well. So, yeah, tallow, so Fletcher, soap, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like, and they live right next to the Methier. They live next to the Fletcher. Mm-hmm. They might be able to provide fertilizer. Um, mm-hmm. for, for Velvet's for farm. Yeah, and for Beetle Black Hall. Uh, so then uh, 18 is the Wandering Stone. I have I thought 17 was the Wandering Stone. Maybe I have an off by one uh, somewhere. Uh, 17 is Lockmore. That's where Oh, I missed Lockmore. Lives. And then 19 is Brassgate. Okay, so this is the town of Undermoot, as we know it. Off beyond the hedge is the ruined city of elves. And uh, as we move in, we've got our uh, uh, we've got our town square, which is of course home to the knitting circle, uh, the the absolute the, the real power brokers in town, and the whistling king's accords, which was set up by Polliver, uh, who is related to our. Uh, Miss Lana Puttering. And so Polliver Puttering came into town with a lot of gold along with Edith, uh, Edith uh, Headstrong, a rope maker. That makes up the center of town. In the outskirts, we have the uh, our main pub, the Dog and Pool pub, which is mostly kind of the clubhouse for uh, the, the lads don't have a meeting hall so much as they use the Dog and Pool pub as their meeting hall. And so uh, they're the they're the anti-club club. Uh, across the street from the pub is Nib's Long Dweller, uh, our town Fletcher. And uh, next door is Griffin Labingi uh, of Empty End. Across the street, uh, we've got our... Uh, We've got our Aldwin, Master Darcy Tunneler, who's our town leech. Uh, and they live next door to Parter Fairborn, our Treeborn uh, Fisher. 
uh, or a uh, Fisher of Tweeborn. That's the name of their home. And uh, uh, across the street from Hearts Hearth is then so uh, Hearts Hearth and, uh, and and Deep Tunnel are right close to each other. And you live just across the street from uh, from the pub there. Uh, a uh, uh Der Lana. Then uh and then across the main street we got the Order of the Eagle, which Nibs and Lana keep uh misidentifying <laughs> what they were actually up to. And next door to that is our Methier, Belladonna Tunneler, one of Darcy's cousins. Largo smaller one uh lives at number 14. They're the shepherd of Beetle Black Hall. And Abigail Labengi is our knacker who lives just north of our shepherd. Uh, then, of course, uh, we cross the river into the boonies, where we have the home of the Tax Collector Guild, which was set up as a response to what Polliver and Edith brought in to Undermoot all those years ago. Uh, and uh, that's where we find Lockmore and uh, the home of, uh, of Master Hugo Weaver. And uh, they live next door to the Wandering Stone. And not often used pub, mostly for the people who can't afford the tax to cross the, the toll bridge. And so that's uh, uh, thought to be a haunted inn there in our boonies. But uh, our other person who lives out there in the boonies is Bodo, however, the peat cutter of Brassgate. So I'll let you all in because we're all friends. I'll let you in on a secret. Uh, Bodo and I have been the ones spreading the rumor about the house <laughs> of the, so of the that wandering we have stone. a private inn. <laughs> He's got this whole place all to yourself. And keeps the tax collectors out mostly. That's mostly what it's about. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> the two of you are just running this like propaganda campaign and spreading that out. I love it. So um so we'll just review. You've got your uh, Lana puttering. You mm-hmm. want to visit every tavern in the four farthings. And I have got a Polliver, good start. You've got a good start. Most of the taverns are right here in town. So that gets you started. Polliver set up the Whistling King's Accords. And somewhere, Polliver has the map of Mm -hmm. all of those taverns. Mm -hmm. You can't go on your adventure if you don't have a treasure map. And you need to to get that from him, however. And then you need to uh, save up enough travel expenses you can afford to do this journey because you know you're going to be spending not just to get there but also when you get to the tavern you need to be able to have enough Mm -hmm. left over to order a drink and to stay there and then you're also going to need to have your travel supplies uh packed up and ready so that you can so your affairs are in order so that you can leave undermoot to go and retrace polliver's great adventure that he went on there with edith hugo you want your blue ribbon to be the ribbon in the Blue Ribbon Harvest Festival. Uh, you have a much actually harder task than the Tavern Quest ahead of you because we've got so many different um, uh, guild halls. Mm. And I'm thinking, I know I had it as like, you need to invite the leadership and host a party. I think you need to, it's a four-step process. The final step is the party. The first three steps is you need to the Knitting Circle must accept your invitation. The Order of the Eagle must accept your invitation. And the Lads of No Order must accept your invitation. And if you can get all three of these guilds to attend your party, you will have the deciding votes necessary to win them over. And then you must also have a successful party with all three of those groups in attendance. So that's step one, two, three, and then four is the party. And then lastly we have Darcy Tunneler. Your dream is to woo someone special. 
So who I'm, in town do you want to woo? I'm going for Edith Headstrong. And I think one of the big barriers that I've run into is I don't know any sea shanties. I've never been anywhere near the sea. I don't have any, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> so they I can't say the elves sing songs in the ruined city. Ooh. Maybe you could learn a song from them that Edith has never heard before. That would be nice. <laughs> so maybe that, so, so, so in order to woo Edith Headstrong, it's a two-step process. You need to learn a new song. You need to sing her the new song. <laughs> That's the steps. That's the step. So the step one, you don't, she's, she knows all the shanties. She's been to sea. Yeah. You've been to the river. And even then, you know, water is a little. That's a lot of water. That's a lot of water. <laughs> So maybe maybe step one is you need to learn to swim. <laughs> so you need uh you need to you need to learn a shanty that Edith has never heard, right. and then you need to perform the shanty to Edith at a public party, at Ooh. a party or a festival or some kind of an event. So you need to put on a display. <laughs> right. oh so boy. so I, I'm changing. I know I had to like invite to dance, present the gift, yeah. but yeah, for but Edith, no. it takes a more bespoke approach so welcome to undermoot <laughs> and when we come back next time we're going to find out what's going on while you're here in town i'm going to do this final roll so i can do stuff to prepare uh i am supposed to roll for what is going on in town um when you meet at the inn so we're going to start at the end. We're going to begin our session at the Dog and Pool Pub with our the, that very good boy Luke licking at someone's heels. However, number nine. Wolves have come down out of the mountains and their cries are heard at night. The sheriff's office is giving a small reward for wolf pelts. So that's the worrisome event that's happening this season. Current events. Number four. A date of an historical event. Goblin battle, village founding, birthday of important relative. It's a birthday of an important relative. Oh, so an historical event is coming up. Um, it's it, it's Polliver's, Polliver Puttering's birthday. Excellent. So nice. Polliver Puttering's birthday is coming up. And like the whole town is celebrating and like reenacting some of the, their favorite stories from his adventure. Um, for personal complications, I roll a d12 for each of you. So we'll start with Lana. Number eight. Last month, you lost a bet on a chicken race to a particularly annoying neighbor. And now they're asking for three. They're asking for six copper from you. How are you going to go traveling when you're, when you're, when you're this much loaded in debt? Lana owes six copper. And I can roll a d20 to just to find out who on the map you owe it to. So you owe it to number four, uh, which is... Uh, the benevolent... Uh, uh, oh, that's the lion's right. That's a meeting hall. So I'm going to re-roll that so it's an actual person. Uh, you owe it to number 13. That's Belladonna the Tunneler. Belladonna Tunneler. Uh, the Methier. So you owe it to Belladonna Tunneler. You owe six copper. To Benadala Tunneler for losing a chicken race bet. <laughs> chicken bet. That's what you get. Uh, and uh, uh, we have uh, uh, Darcy. 
you're nine. You woke up this morning with a splitting hangover and no memory of coming back from the tavern. <laughs> what oh, happened? No. Oh, so you're no. literally doing the hangover. Oh, boy. <laughs> Putting that in caps. I'm definitely going to have people going like, wow, last night was wild uh, to you. And then uh, lastly, Hugo, you, your flowers are particularly beautiful right now. They would make an excellent gift for someone special. Oh, what a hardship that is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is it. And if you don't start gifting your flowers and you keep them all for yourselves, people are going to be like, look at you growing all these flowers and no one to give them to. Mm. What's wrong with that, Hugo? Uh, and then finally, just another day in the village. These aren't the only issues going on at the village. At the beginning of the season, I roll a rumor table to generate some buzz about other threads that can be followed. Uh, I can keep rolling for quick and easy rumors. Two halfling family names are given at any point if it's appropriate. The GM can roll or choose the most interesting to fill out that rumor. So I roll 13. The beer at Rival Village's Tavern is quite good this season. It might be worth to nip over to taste it if your local landlord doesn't find out about your treachery. (laughs) So I'm going to roll up the name of the tavern in the neighboring village uh, so the neighboring town is uh, Needleford. Mm. And the town, their village, of which they only have one, they're only <laughs> worth enough for one, is the Pilgrim and Harp Pub. Yeah, the beer, so the beer at the Pilgrim and Heart Pub in Needleford is actually quite good this season. It might be worth to nip over to taste it if your local landlord doesn't find out about your treachery. <laughs> and uh, so that's, that, those are the rumors going about people talking about that drink. And, and we forgot the very first thing we were supposed to do is uh, when we were rolling up our village is uh, creating the village. I'm rolling a D4 to find out which march we're in. And we're in, uh, we're in the North March. Every, uh, uh, every other, the, there's, a lo- uh, there's a dozen or so villages in each march, and every halfling think that somebody from another march is a bit queer and almost certainly a foreigner. <laughs> and we can find out what's going on in the other. So we're up in the North March. So Undermood is in North March. And then the four farthings would have you going to all four of the marches. Right. And then, and then the center of the Commonwealth is known as... Um, I uh, want to get the name right. Uh, it's known as Farthington or Four Thing Town. And Farthington lives right in the center of the four marches and is home to the Thane, who is elected by the four mayors of the marches every six years. And so, so in the center is Farthington and then, and then around it are all the four marches. And our town rival clearly is Needleford and the Pilgrim and Harp Pub. So there's our map. There's our, there's, our, there's our home for our halflings. We know where everyone lives. We've got some drama. We've got our dreams. We've heard that there are wolves coming down from the hills, and the sheriff has put out a bounty for wolf pelts. So it's up to you if you want to worry about that or not. Um, but it sounds like each of you have your own goals in mind, and there's some intersections there. Uh, with Polliver's party coming up, that might be just such the occasion in order to invite and woo these VIPs. It might be also the same place where a certain shanty 
could be sung, but you've got until the party to learn that song. You know Edith will be at the party. Edith was part of the adventuring. She'll she'll be a guest of honor at Polliver's party because it's also a bit of a, a party commemorating their big adventure together. So <laughs> oh boy. there we go. Oh, boy. Um, we'll find out. For my character creation, there was something that had, uh, I made a mistake that made me unfriendly. Is that a thing that has to be determined now or would that So you be- have a bad reputation. Yeah, yeah, you have an attribute that has a bad reputation. Whenever you fail a charm roll, the NPC will immediately turn a hostile to you. Why do you have such a bad reputation? Something happened in your misspent youth that you've just never been able to shake off. What was it? I think that uh, I, uh, just tying in with everything we've already said, I think that I had an unofficial party at Polliver's place without Polliver's permission while he was away adventuring or at another farthing. And I basically went, hey, everybody, let's let's pretend that we're rich <laughs> or pretend something because I'm such an outsider on this map. Uh, I basically, I, I, I invite, I'm uninvited. I think is the theme I'm going for. Oh, okay. So it's it's just a case of uh, Hugo has this bad reputation of um, you you used Polliver's place you you were you were you were uh, as as your own like party palace while Polliver mm. was gone, and um, you have a reputation of being that is very irresponsible. You're you're very tall for your age, even as a as, as a as a young halfling, and um, you're kind of treated as this reckless party animal that just caused damage and scandals and can't be trusted. You're irresponsible. You're lazy. Because I'm tall, I was the one that could get the mead because I looked a certain height. <laughs> yeah, you could you could trade with the big folk, and they would just think that you were you were a, you know like the size of like a teenager human Mm. and so they uh so there's this whole bit about like your height already turns people off a bit uh you're you're known to be lazy which isn't really helpful in a village where everyone puts in their work and then on top of that you've got this reputation of what you did to polliver's place and polliver is like a local hero Mm. in undermoot and you know uh put this place on the map it's the reason why this town has three taverns and everywhere else only has one. And so it's a uh, it is a lot going on. You know, the money that they brought in, you know, this this town is uh is is prosperous because of Polifer and, and Edith. And for you to um you know, trash his joint in the name of a party and to use his name to try and elevate your own, right? Polifer's like we're having party a party palace, at Polifer's yeah. place, right? Polifer's <laughs> place, not your place. So you're just kind of like riding coattails. So there's this bit of like just disingenuous mm you don't have any respect and you don't have any respect for the, for the heroes of this town. (laughs) So, and that was like, that was how, however long ago, it was so long ago. (laughs) Like you're, you're a, you're a farmer now out on the edge of town, you know, and you've been like pushed to the very edge of society. You're on the other side of the toll bridge out there with, with Bodo (laughs) cutting peat in a haunted tavern. The tax collectors are more respected than I, I am. <laughs> right? Oh. oh, my goodness. Maybe maybe you'll have a way of, like, fixing your reputation <laughs> as this comes through. And it all starts with that ribbon. It all starts with the ribbon at the harvest. you got an uphill battle because no one in that knitting circle even wants to look at you, let alone entertain you at a party. 
we will find out what happens to Hugo and their their quest to clear their name to Darcy and they're 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 clearly into older women which is fine and uh and then to Lana who just really needs to go on their adventure because every year you have to listen about Polliver's story Polliver's story and it's time for another story uh to be told and it's going to be your story and so you're you're getting ready for your great adventure We'll return to Undermoot next week here on the Terrible Warriors. Until then, thank you for joining us. You can find out more about this game at the show notes. There's a link to the itch.io page uh, where uh, where you can play this game for yourself, and I'd love to hear about it. We'll be posting the map that we've drawn onto our Patreon channel so you can you can see what the town of Undermoot looks like. And when we come back next week, we will pick things up at the Dog and Pool Pub, and we'll begin the first day of spring in Undermoot here on the Terrible Warriors. Until then, I've been your GM, Justin Eacock, and I have been surrounded at the table by my wonderful halflings, starting with... Joe Drummond. Sean Horbachuk. And Velvet Duke. Until we meet again, be good to each other. Bye. 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 Bye.